Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Did you love me anyway? You... All right, so do you have a favorite cookbook? Six five one six four one one zero seven one here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. We want to know. We're talking cookbooks in this top of the third hour today, Monday, April twenty seventh, just after the two o'clock hour. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back tomorrow. Holly is here and Rob is here. We're all cooking in this moment. I feel like, right? Or at least we want to cook. And food is just—it's kind of the thing. So it's always the thing. I feel like you guys have some really good cookbooks, you know, sort of like your cookbook Bible that you've either, um, you know, just found or been using for many, many years. 651-641-1071. Join the conversation and tell us what your favorite cookbook is in this moment. Holly, I know you've, um, I feel like we've all been cooking a lot, but I know you've been doing some cooking. Do you use a, a cookbook regularly? Like, do you have a reference? Not an actual physical cookbook. So that's why... This segment is awesome because I'll find recipes online, but at a certain point, you kind of get tired of that. So actually having a physical cookbook, or I suppose it could be digital, would be very helpful right now because it's like, well, what what am I going to do with these chickpeas? Yeah, exactly. What am I and, do? and I don't know about you, but I have found that... I, you know, I've got my own repertoire of dishes I can pull out and uh, make, but we've now entered, oh, what, what are we in right now? Um, Close to eight weeks of uh, this experience, which means I've pulled out those recipes repeatedly and they're getting kind of stale. And so, um, you know, for example, I love Indian food. Um, I don't really make Indian food, but I make Indian-ish food. Um, but it's like two things. So I would love to have um, some more ideas about Indian food. But the other thing is, have you had this experience where you look on the Internet for things, but you're not quite sure if that's a good recipe or, you know, like, can I trust this recipe? So you want like somebody who's whose recipes you trust. Right. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, you can look at any number of recipes and give it a go. But there's always that uh, that chance that what you make will suck. Yeah, because I'll just go to the <laughs> Internet and Google like, how do I make this? And then you try it. and You're like, oh, God, why did I tr- why did I use that? Rest? That's that's nasty. That's nice. Well, let's go to the phones because we've got a, a number of people on the phones already. We've got Claire. OK, Claire, what's your favorite cookbook or what cookbook have you been using a lot right now? Hi, Claire. Hi, Bradley. How are you? Good. What cookbook are you using? Well, so I've done kind of a different take. Um, I pulled out Betty Crocker, and I pulled out one of Oprah Winfrey's um, first cookbooks that she put out when she had her um, no-fry fried chicken. Oh, okay. Which is so fabulous. But I've taken a little twist, and I, I read this on the Internet, um, to deconstruct Betty Crocker. Um, so I've taken the um, recipe from one of her first cookbooks for stuffed cabbage, but I've deconstructed it by laying the cabbage in a pan 
and using ground chicken. Oh. And all different kinds of spices. Yes, and I've deconstructed a BLT um, into layers of romaine. So you can have the romaine and the and the bacon and the tomatoes and then put an uh, I mayonnaise on it. Wow. I've even deconstructed shepherd's pie. Wow, so you're into like a deep healthy into it. Version. I love so, that, Claire. Thank you so much for those suggestions. Deconstructing that I had not even thought of that, but that Betty Crocker cookbook. I got rid of mine a few years ago. I don't know why, because I kind of really want it now, but that's that's a classic, right? Totally, totally. Let's go to Jack. Jack's on the phone. We're talking cookbooks today. Hey, Jack. So, Jack, what cookbook have you been using a lot? Well, I got to tell you, my uh, discovery is the post on Instagram of this young lady called Cindy Prado, and she lives in Miami. She posts her recipes. She does this risotto that's just awesome with smoked uh, barbecue ribs. Ooh, okay. And, you know, she's younger than 30, and, um, you know, I just I just think that she's fabulous. How did you come across her? Well, I was kind of trolling, and what I tend to do, and, and you know, I, I found you, and I found Holly. Oh. And, you know, I nominated Holly for President of the United States. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. You and, and my mom. Um, <laughs> yes, you, me and your mother want you to be President of the United States. Jack, what's the last name? What's uh, the woman's last name? P-R-A-D-O. Okay. All right. She's fun. She's exciting. I think she's the future in her generation. I think she's going to go places. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. We'll check out her Instagram account. We're talking our favorite cookbooks. Let's go to Gabriel is on the phone. Hey, Gabriel, what cookbook have you been using? Um, I have been using something a little more local, actually. It's the Lincoln Dell. If anyone grew up around this area, they might be familiar. I unfortunately don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, but, but everybody knows the Lincoln Dell. Yeah, so the Lincoln Dell has a Best Love Recipes cookbook out. Um, and actually, the Minnesota Historical Society helped put it out, and there are some great recipes in there. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it. Is there a favorite recipe you have from the book? Okay, so just recently, and of course, baking is always more difficult, but I tried the chocolate chip peanut butter bars, and they came out fantastic oh, for a first try. Yum. Well, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but there are a lot of other just, I mean, great. Like I said, anyone who grew up around here uh, knows the Perfect. Lincoln Dell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so definitely check out their cookbook. All right. Thank cool. you, Gabriel. That's thank the Lincoln you. Dell cookbook. I'm looking at it now. It says, uh, Lincoln Dell Cookbook, Best Love Recipes from the Legendary Bakery in Delhi. Yum. Well, what I like about uh, some of these selections, the Betty Crocker Cookbook, the Lincoln Dell Cookbook, is that there's there's a sense of nostalgia with some of these recipes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of got the time to reconnect with some of that stuff. So yeah. I'm glad that people are doing that. Well, and I, I just feel like... I want a good all-around cookbook to sort of walk me through some of the things that I, you know, like, for example, I tried to make mayonnaise uh, last weekend, and I didn't do the best. It it was, uh, apparently you're not supposed to use all olive oil for mayonnaise. It was very olivey. Mm. I guess I should have figured that out. But like a cookbook that would give you some basics like that, because a lot of times lately we've not had access to... You know, maybe things that we would normally just buy ourselves or we've got the time and we're like, I'll try mayonnaise. Why not? So you need a good, you know, um, basics cookbook. Let's go to Karen. Karen, you will be our last word. What cookbook have you been using? 
My very most favorite cookbook in the whole world is my 1976 edition of The Joy of Cooking. And if you want a cooking Bible, that's it. You want to make mayonnaise, it'll tell you how to make mayonnaise. Recipes are not old. We just do them again. (laughs) That's absolutely true. They don't get old as long as you keep making the food. What's your favorite thing to make or the favorite thing you learned how to make out of the joy of cooking? Um, One of my very most favorites is uh, sour cream pork chop. Ooh. Ooh. I've never had. I know. They're saucy and savory. All right. Well, add that to the list. Karen, thank you so much for sharing that. That's You're the, welcome. That's the joy of cooking. And she said the 1976 edition. That's kind of like those um, Betty Crocker cookbooks. Ours was the old one. Uh, had like the super hard uh, cover, but then the wire um, binding. So you could just flip the pages and all the pages, of course, were like sticky and had like, you know, gravy on them or something that had dried. Well used. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for sharing your cookbook tips and tricks. Feel free to go to social media and share those on Twitter or send us an email because I really am serious. And I know, Holly, you were, too, about Mm -hmm. having good, solid cookbooks in this time. But when we come back, we have to get the Cobra gang back together um, because Arena Shake is up to no good. And I don't even know why we're talking about her. But we'll find out when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Now I'm just hungry from all that cookbookery talk, but suffice to say I'm hungry for celebrity gossip too, and for that you've turned to the right place, as if I, good news. Here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts, and uh, Rob is joining us. Colleen will be back tomorrow, but we gotta get the Cobra Gang back together because Arena Shake is up to no good. Whenever there's trouble, we're there on the double, we're the Cobra Gang. Oh man, after a celebrity drought last week, I feel like we're finally getting some uh, worthwhile content. Oh, there's so many celebrity gossip mysteries to solve. I feel like that's what we've been doing the entire day. Yeah, no, truly. Um, This one though, okay, so go with me. Um, for the audience who doesn't know what an arena shake is, uh, she's shaking it on social media. Can you remind us what an arena shake is, Holly? She's a model, and she's most well known for being in a relationship with Bradley Cooper. She has a kid with him. Yeah. Now, okay, that's like the People magazine headline. How? What space does she occupy on this show? So we like to go deep in the shallow. We go behind the scenes of celebrity um how have we talked about arena shake Mm, well on the colleen and bradley show arena shake is a practitioner of the publationship arts yes so publationship meaning a relationship for publicity so her relationship with bradley cooper we called them cake and uh they were a publationship extraordinaire meaning they really used their uh relationship for the purpose of getting uh, publicity. But not only that, there are blind items, courtesy of our friend Enti Lawyer, and blind items are just juicy bits of gossip with the names left out, that hinted that perhaps this was not the first, or her her marriage to Bradley Cooper was not the first, um, what should we call it? Not just publicationship, but beard experience? Sure, and also a transactional experience. Like maybe, you know, she was getting married for... Uh, more than just publicity 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like that's maybe how she was so making her living. You do that with uh, that what you want. But here's the latest. There was an Instagram post of Arena Shake reclining on a couch in the time of quarantine. And she um, is... Uh, outwardly, it appears that she's trying to get attention for this fashion brand. We can talk about that in just a moment. But in this photo of her just being like, I'm uh, relaxing on a couch... Uh, with the with the quote, staying home in my suspicion Antwerp hashtag suspicion Antwerp partner, she is holding a book, and the book has a very famous person on the cover, and that person Holly is ah, uh, that's a uh, Vladimir Putin, Russian president, often figure of uh, oligarchy and uh, what's the word I'm looking for autocracy, Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. So she's in this photo to promote this clothing line holding a book about Vladimir Putin. It seems odd, does it not? Well, here's the odd juxtaposition is that this photograph staged, photoshopped, she looks like she's reclining on the couch on a casual Sunday morning reading this really heavy book about Vladimir Putin. I mean, and she's all smiles about it. Okay. Like, why did she have to be holding the book? Now, she could be holding a book and you'd say, well, that's no big deal. And sh- certainly she could be just like, I'm just reclining, reading my book in these clothes. Let's talk about the clothes. But I feel like Arena Shake is just a little too close to very wealthy individuals who might actually have been called oligarchs at one point, And oligarchs are also the friend of. Vladimir Putin. So doesn't this seem a little shady, Holly? Well, yeah, because to your point, Bradley, she could have been reading any book on planet Earth, any book on planet Earth. But she decided to read this book. And I don't know what the book is. Um, It looks like maybe perhaps it's a biography of Vladimir Putin. But that signals something. Well, to me, it does. And I try, you know, truth be told, when I saw this, I was like, okay, well, let's look at the book. Is What does this book mean? Who wrote the book? Is there any connection that we could make with the book? I couldn't really because it's it's a Russian language book. So it's written by a journalist by the name of Leonid Malechin, and it's a new book. But there's not much in English about this book. Um, but the book is just called Putin. And the guy seems like a sort of generic uh, journalist in Russia. He doesn't seem like a critic or anything because I thought, well, maybe she's trying to make a point about criticizing Putin. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Um, but it seems like she just wants to be like, hey, I'm just reading my Putin book. Hey, I'm just casually lounging around reading about world leaders, but check out my cool sweatshirt, why don't you? Do we know anything about this line of clothing, Suspicion Antwerp? You know, that she's trying to uh, get some spawn con for. Couldn't find anything suspicious about suspicious Antwerp, although (laughs) (laughs) it does say when you look at their Instagram account uh, that they have some kind of like Instagram live thing. But the sweatshirts are dumb. 
And like they they're nothing like they're ugly. They're nothing of fashion. You know, they remind me of the old school sweatshirts like that would say bum equipment across the front Mm -hmm. or that it would say bugle boy. You would look at this sweatshirt and they would charge you one hundred dollars for absolutely nothing. I mean, you're looking at this. So that also leads down another rabbit hole of what is going on with this suspicious Antwerp. I'm very suspicious about them. Uh, And you can't find a lot. You can't find a lot of information over on their website. But you look at their Instagram and it's full of influencers. It is Scott Disick. Okay. And Sophia Ritchie are apparently tagged. Well, well, okay, so here, are they tagged or are they posing in photographs? They're posing in photographs. All right. Now, here's the thing, Bradley. We're going to we're going to tie this Ooh, all see, together. See, this is this is what I knew. I knew. <laughs> Go. Scott Disick and his significant other Sophia Ritchie. There are rumors about those guys that perhaps Scott Dif- Disick acts as a manager of sorts for mm-hmm. Sophia Ritchie. In certain parts of the world. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, so this is so, so... You guys, are you reading between the lines? Because you should be. Reading a business manager of sort. Of perhaps ladies. Of the sexual nature. <laughs> so what this speaks to me as... This is an opportunity, perhaps, to connect all of these people together in some sort of legitimate business fashion. So now reading into that and knowing that Scott Disick and Sophia Ritchie are also posing in suspicious Antwerp loungewear. The way that I'm reading that Irina Shake photograph, knowing what we know about her through celebrity gossip mysteries, through NT lawyers, meaning that maybe she makes a living by... Um, mm, of a sexual nature mm-hmm. with people with a lot of money, mm-hmm. perhaps signaling into that photograph, she's saying, Hey guys, I'm open for business. <sighs> wow. Now we're not saying, we're just saying. We're it's just, possible. Yeah. It's po- it maybe could this is be what I look, possibly. You know, you stay with us, you're going to start smelling things, you guys. Um, if you're just joining us, we're talking about this post about Arena Shake. Yeah, the rumor is that she uh, she and Bradley Cooper, let's just say we're not very amorous in their relationship. Um, it was of the contractual It was a variety. financial uh, arrangement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, so basically we just need to keep following this story, but I or keep digging. Because I, like, I feel like we're archaeologists and we just found a, a pottery shard, yes. right? And there's, like, there's, there's a big, fat Saxon hoard uh, not far below the surface. Or at the very least, let's pay attention to who Irina Shake is hanging out with out in the public eye. Yeah. You know, and also just keep an eye out on this because a lot of times, again, coming back to the motto of the Colleen and Bradley show, nothing is real and everyone smokes. Yes, that is how we believe that Hollywood operates. Nothing is real and everyone smokes. In fact, that's not what we believe. That's what we know from the very uh, bizarre vantage point that we occupy here on on my talk 1071 so I would think that there are a lot of dots uh, that remain connected behind the curtain so to speak exactly no pun intended yeah and you know this suspicious Antwerp wouldn't be the first Instagram account that has things quote unquote for sale mm-hmm. in many different areas mm-hmm. not just sweatshirts 138 water okay we'll talk about it later okay but when we come back we've got some crazy stupid idiots for you that's dumb people doing dumb things we'll tell you about those crazy stupid idiots and more 
when we come back, oh, celebrities, man, they're making us work for the for our uh, living today. We'll be right back. Don't worry. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the smart water, there's a bunch of dumb floating around in that dumb smart water. You're listening to the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. It was a bad analogy. I tried. Colleen and Bradley show you're on my talk 1071. Hey, by the way, if uh, you haven't already, do me a favor and head over to the mytalk1071.com website uh, where you can help healthcare workers. There's a very easy way for you to do so. Just click right there on our main page, Help for Healthcare Workers, and uh, you'll be able to make a contribution to Alina Health or Health Fairview and support the workers who are on the front lines battling COVID-19. It helps with their housing, transportation, and childcare costs, uh, as well as programs for their well-being, supplies, and a lot more. And thank you to everyone who has donated thus far. More information at mytalk1071.com, keyword... I don't know the keyword. Just go to the website. All right, now let's head over to Crazy Stupid Idiot Town and find out who's behaving like an idiot. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for Crazy Stupid Idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida. Wonderful, guys. Where are we going first, Halls? Florida. Oh, looky Lou. What's in Florida today? Uh, we got a dummy named Richard Hamilton. Oh, good. Dick mm-hmm. Hamilton. <laughs> What's up with Dick? Uh, he didn't want to go to work. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, was- join the club, Dick, but we all got to do it. Right. So... He didn't want to go to work on Thursday, and uh, he works at Wellington's Water Treatment Center. Oh, hey, uh, water got to be treated, man. Yeah, uh, so he was working with a construction crew at a water treatment center, which would be classified as essential work right now. For sure. But he didn't want to do it. Oh. So Why? Just, you know, he's not feeling it? He just wasn't feeling it. You okay. know how sometimes you wake up yeah. and you're just like, oh, man. Sometimes you don't want to do what the day is asking you to do. Truth. Well, that was Richard, and he decided to call in to work. He didn't call in sick. He didn't even pretend to have a meeting or something that he had to do that was really important. No, Richard Hamilton called in bomb threat. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He tried to. Okay, so he called his work. Yeah. And um, said there was a bomb. Yeah, he was like, mm-hmm. Excuse me, Wellingtons. Yeah, this is Richard Hamilton. I'm not going to be coming in today because I'm calling in bomb threats. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I don't feel like that's a very thoughtful way to avoid work. I feel like there are easier, lower, lower risk ways to call in sick. Thank you. There are very low stakes way uh, to fib your way into a sick day or just, you know, maybe like, uh, I don't feel like coming into work today. What a dick, Hamilton. I mean, he was arrested. Oh, good. And he was charged with making a bomb threat during a national emergency. And now his bail <laughs> is set. Does that like provide extra punishment? Not just a bomb threat, but a bomb threat in a national emergency. Yeah, well, his bail has been set at $10,000, so he's not going to work right now. Okay. Yeah, see, I I don't know. 
I tend to be a rule follower most days. And I just feel like in this moment, like I'm not going to speed. I'm not going to, I don't, you know, like the, the, the silly things that people do, even though they shouldn't, I feel like now is not the time. We, right. Yeah. There are actual emergencies going on right now. So this is the last time. Like normally I don't always wash my hands after I handle chicken breast. I'm sorry. I don't. In this moment, you better believe I am triple washing my hands after I touch a chicken boob. Yeah. Or any boob. Just in case. Oh, do you want to get that, Holly? Uh, that is our time machine in the studio that is currently ringing <laughs> right now. It no, it's terrifying. I don't want to do right? that. There's, there's this old school telephone in the office or in the studio that Holly's in and it just randomly will start ringing. Yeah. Mm-mm. And it sounds like the future calling or the past. And either way, I don't think they're going to have good news. I, yeah. I understand that time is irrelevant and it's yeah. merely a concept at this point in time, but still, I don't want to answer it. Okay. So he was arrested. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What an idiot. Yeah. And when you handle breasts of any kind right now, please wash, wash your, your hands. hands. <laughs> if they're, assuming they're not your own, mm-hmm. which the, I mean, if you're making food, you should always wash your hands after you touch your breasts. Now, can we go to Florida again? Of course. Where was that in Florida? Uh, that was in Palm Beach, Florida. Let's go over to Clearwater, also known as the home of the Church of Scientology. Yay. Okay. And I want to tell you about, this is a bizarre story, one that you wouldn't imagine you'd hear uh, at this moment in time. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. But I need to begin by introducing you to Christina Zikwis. Or Zikwis. We'll call her Christina Z. Okay, cool. So uh, Christina Z, she's 35 years old. She got into an argument Saturday morning with a victim. And apparently the victim was her male friend. I don't know what they actually are to one another, but they do sound like they're somewhat connected. Intimate. Uh, yes. Apparently they were quarreling about her daughter, her daughter who is no longer with us. Aww. That's a sad story, Aww. right? Yeah. Well, the dispute apparently turned violent at one point, and it's it's not the violence that makes her a crazy, stupid idiot. It's the manner of violence and the weapon of choice. That earned her crazy stupidity at status. Holly, mm-hmm. would you like to take a gamble and guess the weapon? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it a old figurine <laughs> of G.I. Joe, the old school kind that are large and with cloth uniforms? No, but that was a really creative and clever guess. I want to acknowledge that. Now, the one, remember how I said at the beginning that this story is not one you'd expect to hear this time of year? Uh-huh. It's because the weapon was very Christmassy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And and also, you might have actually tried to use it as a weapon as a child. Oh. It was a candy um, cane. A, a giant replica of Santa. You didn't hear me. I just said it was a candy cane. Oh, hey. <laughs> so she beat her male companion. With a candy cane. Oh, look, hey, don't mess with those candy canes. Because you've had a candy cane before and you eat from the bottom and then you turn it into like a really sharp weapon. Yes, that's what I'm saying, right? Ah! You could totally turn those into a weapon, but that's not what she did. What she did was, again, this is why she's a crazy, stupid idiot. She threw a candy cane. Who has a candy cane in Florida in April? That's weak. What idiot? And <laughs> Well, 
We well, found her. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Here she is. <laughs> Christina Z. But that's not all. Just wait. There's more. Mm. Because she didn't just throw a candy cane at her victim at the victim's arm, which, by the way, the candy cane caused bruising and swelling on his elbow. And what? it went so far as uh, the police actually listed candy as a weapon on the police report. But that's not all. She also took a pen and used it as a weapon. And the way she used it as a weapon will terrify you. She stabbed him in the arm with a pen. Ow! Okay, wouldn't you rather be stabbed with a sharp candy cane? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I feel like it would take a lot to go in. Like, a pen would take a lot of effort. Yes, also the candy cane is organic-ish. Yeah, true. So you could just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) And it becomes a part of you. (laughs) And it would just sort of like melt away at some point. I don't know. But anyway, he so she stabs him with a pen, hurls a candy cane at him, all because uh, they had a disagreement. There's some good news here. Yes. The good news is Santa arrived. No, Uh, the good news is she was arrested and has been put away. She apparently has a prior conviction for battery. Mm -hmm. And that battery uh, experience was on a law enforcement officer. So she's going, oh, she's also got cocaine. Oh, prostitution and passing a bad check on her list of previous accomplishments. So she just doesn't like the seasonal snow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She is not allowed to have contact with the victim. Very well. Okay. Okay. Carrying on. Do you have another crazy stupid idiot? I do, Bradley. Where are we going? We're going to Texas. Yeehaw! Woo! And uh, this is a COVID-idiot. And that would be a crazy, stupid idiot in the time of COVID-19. That's right. And uh, we just got to give a special shout out to Becky. Becky Ames, the mayor of Beaumont, Texas. Oh, my God. Beaumont. That's like right in my old backyard. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I don't know Becky. You don't know Becky? No. Mm, yeah. Well, Becky uh, had some covid behavior that she did down in Beaumont, Texas. Got some covid hair, first of all, but go oh. ahead. I, yeah. She looks like a Becky. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. The higher the hair, honey. Uh, she decided, while Beaumont, Texas is currently under a stay-at-home order, to walk herself into a nail salon and oh. get a manicure. Uh, excuse me. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And Becky understands that we're not doing that because Becky has issued the stay-at-home order in her own town that she completely ignored. Um, okay. So she has a stay-at-home order and then basically middle-fingered the stay-at-home order and got her fingers did. Yeah, well, she had a nice uh, gel mani on that finger that she was giving all of us. Oh, my God. So, uh, Becky, with the good nails... Uh, she has since apologized for being a hypocrite in her own town. So she said that she apologized. She has a lapse in judgment. She said, I promise there was no malice intended. I should have entered the, never have entered the salon last Tuesday. I did not intend to take personal privilege while asking others to sacrifice. And for that, I'm truly remorseful. That was a good accent. You did a good job. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but she's apologized. Well, uh, we all understand Becky's desire to um, take care of hair and nails. Yeah. I, I got a nail bed that that would just bring tears to the eyes. 
Uh, and talk about hair. I've got so many scraggly hairs that I just, I can't even deal right now. But here's the thing. We're living with it. Yeah. And we don't have to look at people because I don't know about you, but I see about six people in a day and I'm probably like I see more than most. And frankly, the only time I ever see people is through a camera usually or some sort of foggy glass. I mean, don't I look really good, Rob, between all those two panes of bro? What's that? Looking good, bro. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You look great, too. Mm -hmm. I like what you've been doing with your hair. Looks great. Which is absolutely nothing. Because that's what we've all been doing is absolutely nothing. Exactly. Becky. All right. Well, from Becky with the bad hair to the throwback live at 245. When we come back, we are going to find out who's the better trivia sound guesser. (laughs) Right here on My Talk 107.1. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.